uh, I want to talk about obedience. And uh, I'm really going to let you have it today. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, it's just amazing what, what words like sacrifice that Danny preached about um, uh, last week, right? Uh, and like obedience can do to like, like our minds sometimes. Like, oh God, I have to be obedient. Right? And it's like, you've always heard it kind of like a scary thing. But today, uh, we want to talk about um, Jesus. And he's not scary. Amen? He's good. And he's loving. And he loves you very much. And so, uh, if you can open your Bibles, we'll start in the book of Romans. Chapter 5. When you have it, please say amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. It's obedience right there already. <laughs> Anyone else? Amen. Amen? Alright. Let's read it. It's just 519, okay? It's just uh just one verse there. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Read again. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. I'm reading the NLT version. So let's pray before we get started. Um, just want to give this to the Lord. Father, we just thank you, God, for your word. We know that you're going to speak to us today. And we thank you, Lord, because you guide us in everything. Now we just ask that you would open all of our hearts, that we would receive this, Lord, with, with understanding and truth and, and with love and with grace. We thank you, God, that you speak to us that way and, and that we're not, uh, Lord, in terror of your word, but we are anxious and, and ready to hear your word with great expectation, God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so... Obedience. Is it up there? Yeah, look at that's that's how you say it, just in case you didn't know, we put that on there. Obedience. So the definition, uh, biblical definition is to hear God's word and act accordingly. Okay? Now, we hear word all the time, like we're believers. So we go to church Friday sometimes, and we go to church Sunday once in a while. And once in a while we listen to preachings, you know, maybe uh, other preachers or the podcast from our church and uh, we read the word um, and whatever it may be but uh, we hear a lot of the word and sometimes the next part is that the acting accordingly is what we have trouble with but I don't want you to kind of see that in a negative way like oh God said this and that I knew it and therefore that's why like I don't have a job or something you know like how we think sometimes but God God doesn't look at it that way. What, what God is, is trying to do with us is he's trying to find like a deep connection with us so that it almost seems like, like we are partnering with him and, and we're moving and he's moving and we move and he moves. And, and it almost seems like, like at times where like you will make a move and God will back you up. And that's kind of like the relationship that God wants with you. He wants to empower you. So for example, like... Uh, the disciples, you, you, you've heard this, I've said this plenty of times, and you've read it in the Bible, and you, you've seen the movies. So Jesus Christ, he's, he's asleep, 
and the boat and the storm is going and, and the disciples are scared. They don't know what to do. Now, mind you, they, they had just fed 5,000, 10,000 people and they had seen the glory of God. They, they had seen how Jesus had done it. They knew that if you spoke and you said something, words, and, and you declared it with faith, that things can happen, but in that moment of storm, and like it happens to a lot of us, we tend to forget, you know, and they forgot. And thank God that, that God's not like, well, no, I'm going to let you be in the storm as, until you get it. He, he helps us, right? And just like the disciples were in that storm, they went to Jesus, they woke him up, and he said peace, you know, to the storm. And he, and he said, you know, man of little faith, he said, right? And, and he wasn't saying like, oh, you guys aren't good enough. Because sometimes, you know, like we come to church and we think, you know, I need more faith. Like, like I need an increase in faith. And, and truly, honestly, the one who gives us faith is God. Amen. It's a gift. And it begins to grow as we have relationship with him. Amen. And so God was not saying like, oh, you guys are not good enough. He was saying, look, I've empowered you uh, with the ability to, to declare peace into the storm. Amen? Amen. So when they did it, and he said, man, a little faith, he wasn't putting it down, he was empowering them. In the same way, way with us, God wants to empower us. He wants us to know, for example, this first part, the power of obedience. It has power. When we obey God, things happen. And when we disobey God, things happen too. But, but let's focus on when we obey God. Now, when we disobey, you can say like, like, you know, you may say there's consequences to some things, and and perhaps you know if if you're having sex before marriage, uh, uh, you might get someone pregnant or get pregnant, and and that might might be like a consequence. But that's not something that God said. I'm gonna I'm gonna mess your life up, you know, and boom. And now like you resent your kid. No, you don't. You don't. But God's not like that. This is a consequence of what happened because we didn't obey God. Amen. Amen? Amen. Alright. So when when we obey God, there's power in it. Things move. It's like I, I, I told some people that preach and, and, and God gives them the opportunity to preach. Like when we release a word up here or anywhere, like the word of God doesn't just fizzle and go away into space and oh nothing happened. The word of God is life and is power. Amen. And something happens to it. Whether there might be one person listening to the word in the audience that gets it and receives it and it changes their life, or the speaker himself is like, man, this word was like for me, I don't know if anyone else got it, but I sure did, and I better put this to practice because it impacted my life, amen? amen. So when, when we read here in Romans 5.19, I don't want you to see it as like, man, like I can't disobey God, like I gotta be perfect. No, the Bible says that you're righteous, the Bible says that you're holy, the Bible says that you been accepted. The Bible says that you're his beloved. And so from the point of who we are, we begin to walk in what we are. We begin to go forward and, and act if, if the Bible says to live righteously, it's because you have to be changed into, into someone that's righteous. Amen. You mean on your own, maybe you even tried it before. You tried to, to stop doing certain things before, but you didn't understand this concept. And so uh, you, you would fail and you would mess up and you would feel like you would have to start all over even. 
I don't know if anyone has ever felt that way, but you feel sometimes like you have to start way over because you've messed up and you've been sinning and you've been disobeying and you feel like you have to start over, but it's not like that. What God does is he changes us from the inside. He changes our spirit. He gives us new life. And from the inside, we, be, we can begin to live on the outside what we believe on the inside. Amen. That's why it's powerful what we believe on the inside. If you believe that you are a new creature, if you believe that you are righteous, if you believe that you are accepted, that you're acceptable, that you're holy, that you have been made perfect by the blood of Jesus, then you can live in obedience. Amen, amen. But first you have to catch that revelation. And I pray and I hope this afternoon that if you haven't, you will. Amen, amen. And if you have, will continue. That's right. Because God wants to challenge us this year. It's a, it's a year of the unwavering. Why? Because he's been so good to us. We're just responding. It's not of works. It's not of trying to be accepted. It's not I got to do more to get more. It's not like that. It's just I am so in love. He's been so good that I want to respond with I'll be obedient, Lord. Amen. Now, obedience being obedient can get to the flesh anyway, uncomfortable. It can get really uncomfortable for the flesh. But the flesh is dead. The old man is dead. And the enemy tries to come and tell us that he's still alive and that he's still in us. And so we, we begin to disciple the old man. And we can't disciple the old man because he's dead and he's never going to get it. Amen. He's never going to get it. The old man is dead. But we try to find the old man and try to teach the old man and disciple the old man. But the Bible says that everything has passed away. Everything is gone. Everything has been made new. Amen. In you. That's right. So we can't, don't try to disciple the old person. Disciple who you truly are inside. Amen. Amen. So here we see the power of obedience. Adam and Eve were given a task, a mission, and a vision. And they disobeyed God. And because of their disobedience, many became sinners. But Jesus Christ, who is our new Adam, our Adam part two. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one that we live through. The Bible says that as he is, so are we, right? Amen. As he is right now, so are we. And he, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He is, he is acceptable to God. And as he is, so are we. And as he is obedient and was obedient all the way to death, so can we be. Amen. So can we be. We have the power now to be obedient where the old man didn't have that power to be obedient. He couldn't. It was, it was too difficult for him. It was tough for him. And so he was disobedient only. Oh, thank you. That's my mom, guys. <laughs> so, that's the power of obedience. You see it here. It says, Adam was disobedient, then he became sinners. But thank God, Thank God that Jesus came to die for us, guys. Amen. So let's read uh, the next 
the next chapter, Romans 6, I want to read something to you from there. Chapter 6, verse 16. You there? Amen. So it says, uh, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You could be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You know, that sounds kind of like, oh, wow, that's kind of heavy, you know? But then uh, 17, Paul clears it up. He always does this. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching uh, we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Amen? Amen. Um, let me read just a, a couple more. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. That's key. Remember, we're children of God. But he's using the, the term slave just to show us a picture of it. Okay? And, but sometimes we serve, you know, others may serve God as like they're slaves of God. But we, he wants us to, to look at him as a father, that is a slave master. But Paul says he's talking to who? The Roman church, which is mixed with Greeks, is mixed with Romans, is, is mixed with Jewish folk. They understand the concept of, of slavery. And so when someone was a slave back in the day, they were owned by another person, amen? And if that person owned them, that person had to do whatever the master said. And they had to do it. If not, there was consequences back then. Amen? amen. But what Paul says, you were slaves to sin. And, and you obeyed sin before. But he says, he says in verse 17, thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching which we have given you. Now you are free from slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. So now you are a, let's say, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, you are a slave to righteousness. Now, today. So now you do whatever righteousness tells you to do. If you do something otherwise, it's because you are, you're being fooled, basically. But your true nature is telling you to do good and right things. That's why don't question when you want to do a good thing. Do it. Because sometimes it's like, oh, go and pray for that person. Or go bless that person. They're in need. And we're like, ah, I don't know. It's a good thing, but I don't know. I'm scared or whatever. So your righteousness is like dying to get out. Your goodness is like always willing to get out. But sometimes what happens is, you know, and, and we, have, we have things that we still do, and, and, and it all depends on how we were raised, our culture, and, and different things. We have different ways that we act in different, uh, you know, times of our life, and, and we get together as a church, and sometimes we may even see each other with our flaws, and we begin to see people like, like all, all we see is their flaws, and they're annoying, and this and that, but God says, look, every one of my children has been made righteous, 
And then now, when, when you begin to look at yourself, you can be, begin to look at yourself as, uh, as obedient to God's righteousness in your life. And then you can see others as, well, they're righteous too. They might not, not fully uh, be aware of it all the way, but, but God wants them to live out their righteousness. And so Paul here is saying, the, uh, uh, verse 17, Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will uh, become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. So verse 20 is key. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. So before, when you were a slave, when we all were slaves to sin, we couldn't do right. But now we are slaves to righteousness, right? Amen. It, it, it carries us. It, it has transformed us. And now we can do right. Amen. So the first was, we see the power of obedience. We see that Adam disobeys and many become sinners. We see that Jesus obeys and all of us become righteous now. Now we live through Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we can live through his obedience. And then this, it, what I'm showing you here is that obedience is by grace. It's not by force. It's not by uh, uh, consequences. Because to be obedient because there's consequences is not naturally being obedient. This is obedience through grace. What Paul is saying is, look, you, are, you can be obedient because Jesus has done it all for you. First, you were obedient to sin, but now you are obedient to righteous living. You can go and be, you can actually live righteous. You can actually go months and years without, you know, sinning. Without falling. I know it sounds like, what? Yes. That's the whole point, y'all. That's the whole point. If not, like, well, you know, like Jesus died. That's the whole point. So that we can go before God and be righteous and holy before Him. Amen. I know that's that's kind of uh, almost like far-fetched. Like, I can be actually, yes, David would say, like, my spirit and my flesh cry out for you. Like, my spirit and my flesh desires you, Lord. He was saying, my flesh, this meat of, of you know, this flesh, this bone, it, it desires you. Now, not a lot of us can say that yet. You know, like this morning, it was raining, it was cozy, and like bed, and I was watching the Cowboys lose, and <laughs> Lord help that referee, don't, don't, you know, don't hurt him, Lord, just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, the flesh, it, it's, it's the, what God wants us to get to, it's like, we are walking it and not just not just reading it and saying that we, we are righteous. And yeah, we are righteous, y'all. Yes, we are righteous. We are forgiven. We are holy and that's beautiful. And then obedience says, 
Act it out now. Because you can. Amen. So first I showed you the power of, of obedience. And this is obedience through grace. It is through grace. Only through grace you can find true obedience in your life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because when grace comes into your life, it doesn't, you know, like a lot of people have a bad concept of just the word grace. Like you hear grace and it's like, oh, here we go. It's one of those people. And, and, and a lot of people take grace as like, oh, like, you know, the, those are the people that talk about, like, you could do whatever you want. And, and, uh, and, and sin and, and, you know, and sex before marriage and, and all, yeah, it's all good because we're in grace, y'all. But, but that's not what we preach here. Actually, what grace does, it, it, it takes you to live more intensely with God, Amen. more closely with Him. It takes you to live out holiness. Amen. Like God said, be holy, and so now you're holy. And now you walk out holiness. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's the... The power of obedience and obedience by grace. Remember, it's by grace that you're obedient and that you can be obedient. So, what are the results? Let's go to uh, Nehemiah chapter 2. I know we're, we're going like way back. And don't worry, if you don't know where Nehemiah is, neither do I. I have to look on here. Nehemiah chapter 2. We know when you're there. Amen. Has anybody here ever read the book of Nehemiah and the story? Raise your hand. Cool. Perfect. I'm in the right place. There's three of you. So, just so you know, at this time when, when the book of Nehemiah or, or his story it begins in basically Jerusalem and Israel has been taken over, has been destroyed. Um, it's not fully destroyed, but it has been taken over, right? And Nehemiah, he is a uh, he's a prophet from God, and his story is is pretty awesome. I, I recommend that you read it. I think it's about thirteen chapters, but it's really good. It's really really good. It's incredible. But I want to show you how God, he gives us the power to be obedient. And how Nehemiah was obedient to God's calling. So they're, uh, they're captured and, and you know, there's some things going on and, and, and some enemies that, that Israel has. And, and uh, the king that Nehemiah is under, um, he's, he's not like an overbearing king. Nehemiah gets a word from God. And God tells Nehemiah that he wants him to go back to the city to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, of Israel. Amen? And he tells the king, you know, uh, his plans. And the king says, okay, go for it. You know, just take what you need and go and do as God has told you to do. So then Nehemiah comes in, uh, in, in chapter 2 and he begins to do what, what God tells him to do. And he begins to, to, to sort of encounter things that I think we all encounter when we're obedient with God, uh, to God. So let's read chapter 2, verse 11 for now. Uh, well, verse 11 and on, actually. 
It says, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem, which was rebuild the walls, nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the, and the refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who did the work. Then I said to them, You see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire? Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. And I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me and also on the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, Let us rise up and build. Then they uh, set their hands to this good work. But when Sambalot, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and, the, uh, and uh, Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said, What is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in this Jerusalem. Amen? Wow, that's awesome. So God speaks to Nehemiah, and he tells him to go and build the walls. He's, he's obedient, and he goes. So he begins to, 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 to look at things. And God wants us to be like that. He, he wants us to see the vision that he has given us. So he walks all through the walls. And he's walking by night so that no one can see him because he's strategizing. So he, he begins to walk and, and look at the walls. And he sees that the walls are, some, you know, some parts are broken. And, and some parts he can't even take the animal that he's riding with. So he has to walk there. And he doesn't tell anyone what's going on. And then when, when he does tell everyone what's going on, he now has a, the big picture. He now has the vision. Amen? And when you have vision, God will guide you. You just have to say yes and be obedient in what you have said. Amen? Amen. So Nehemiah begins to tell the Jews, and he's like, you know, we're going to build the walls. God has spoken to me. The king is on board. We're going to go and build the walls. And they're like, let us build then. Let's go. Because when we're obedient, God will begin to open doors. He will begin to show favor over your life. You will see doors fly open. You will start to be used by God like you've never been used before. Amen. Because you're walking in your purpose. You're walking in the calling that God has put over your life. So Nehemiah begins to see this and things begin to open. And guess who shows up? In the midst. His enemies. The enemies of Israel. Isn't that just like him? Them. Amen? Just as soon as you're like, alright, here I go. Like, like I signed up. I'm ready. I strategize. I have a vision. I, I'm ready to be obedient. And here comes the enemy. And the enemy tells him, 
They first, they laughed at, at them. Like, are you serious? You think you can do it? You think you can live this life, this righteous life? They laughed. And then uh, they laughed at us and despised us. The enemy hated them. Like the, our enemy hates us. And then he said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? In other words, it doesn't look good in the eyes of men. So are you sure that you should be doing it? And Nehemiah responds and says, So I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. So Nehemiah responds with what God has spoken to him. He was confident and sure that he had said yes to the vision, that now he was going to be obedient, that he was not going to waver, and that he's, he says, God spoke to me. And now for you, God is speaking to you. And he's saying, look, there's power in obedience, but your, your obedience comes through grace. Now you can say yes and be obedient and follow through. Amen. And so Nehemiah says, the God of heaven will prosper us. You know, God has given you the blessings of heaven. The Bible says that, that to you are, are, are the riches of glory and the riches of his grace. He has given you everything. And the Bible says that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So God wants to continue to give to you. You know, uh, don't be satisfied with what you have now. Amen? Be hungry for more. God wants to give you more. He wants you to, to, to know Him more. He wants you to, to, to love others more. He wants to use you more. There's more for you. So Nehemiah tells his enemies that. And enemies just run away. They leave. The opposition is there. As soon as we become obedient, the opposition will come. Let's read uh, Nehemiah 4. You there? Nehemiah 4.1. It says, But it so happened when Sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, Listen, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Uh, will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Amen? So look, Nehemiah is being obedient, right? He has the vision. He's going for it. God's opening doors. The king is with him. The Jews are behind him. And the enemy begins to laugh at him. And now, now the enemy begins to speak discouragement to him and the others. But we have the victory over the enemy. Amen. We have power over him in Jesus' name. We are more than conquerors. So they tell, they tell him, though, they say, what are these feeble Jews doing? Well, you're too weak to do this. Will they, will they do it by themselves? 
Will they offer sacrifices? Are they really going to be restored? Are you really going to like? Are you really going to be used by God again? The enemy is saying this. Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? The stones are burned. Are they really going to do? Are you really going to do it? Enemy, see, God doesn't talk to us like that. God says, you will do it because I did it for you. Amen, amen. So when you hear the voice of like, are you really, can I, even your thought might be, can I? That's still the enemy. Can I do it? Yes, you can, says the Lord. Amen. Yes, you will, says God. Amen. In Jesus' name, you will. Don't waver. Don't let the And then the enemy still, still, if that wasn't enough, the other guy speaks and he says, whatever even if a fox goes up on it, the stone will break, the wall will break. Now, I don't know if you know what a fox is. I know you know what the fox says, right? No, dumb joke. But foxes are small, light, little, and cute, but don't get near them because they're not nice all the time. But they're small. And the, the enemy is saying, and even if you do build it, even if a fox lands on it, it's going down. So the enemy will try to tell us, look, you might, you, you have the calling, yes, but even if you do get to it, like one little thing, and you know that little thing that bugs you all the time, that thing is going to bring you down. And you got to tell the enemy, no! No! In Jesus' name, no! No! And God is saying, you can and you will do it. You will complete it. You will reach it. Amen? It's an awesome story. You guys got to keep reading this. Um, read, let's read 4 now. Verse 4. Chapter 4 of Nehemiah. Verse 4. <clears throat> Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. This is Nehemiah speaking now. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall. Oh man, I love this next part. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. Now things are moving. Now it happened when Sambalot, Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. So now they became alert. So you know there's an enemy over your life. Amen? Even now. And he wants, he wants to destroy you. He doesn't like you very much. In fact, he hates you and me. Amen? Amen. And so they become vigilant day and night. Where was I at? Verse 10. Then Judah said, The strength of the laborers is failing. 
And there is so much rubbish. There's so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. You know, when you become obedient and you're following God, there's going to be doubt sometimes. Even doubt from others. But you can't listen to doubt. Amen. If people stop, start doubting you, just uh, God bless you. I'll talk to you next Sunday, bro. Uh, don't, don't let doubt cloud your mind. Amen? Amen. So Judah says that. And our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the word to cease. So now somebody's saying doubtful things and the enemy is saying, I'm going to kill you guys. I know. There's some great stuff coming. but Therefore, I positioned man behind the lower parts of the wall and the openings, and I set the people according to their families, with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was, listen, from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. They got ready. They got equipped. And my favorite part, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand held a weapon. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? Look at what happens. God equips us. Amen. We can build. We can build and destroy all at the same time. Build what God has given us. Build the foundations and, and, and set foundations and be pillars for the next generation. And if the enemy tries to attack us, we have a weapon that God has given us. We have the armor of God. We have the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. And nothing can come against you because you have Christ in your life. And you are being obedient to the righteous calling of God over your life. And it's by grace that you can be obedient to God. That's the power of obedience that Nehemiah saw that there was an opportunity to be obedient. And he began to walk amongst the people. And he told them what God had said. And God began to give them the favor and the strategies and began to equip them. So that they were building the walls up. And as they're building with one hand. On the other hand they have a weapon. Because the enemy. Is going to stop at nothing. Right. To try to discourage you. Amen. But he is defeated. Amen. That's why we read in the beginning. The power of obedience. That one man sinned. And, 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 and brought condemnation to many. But Jesus obeyed God until the end. And he made all of us righteous. And now because we have been made righteous through grace, we can choose to be 
connection with Him, when we are guided by Him, we're going to see so many wonderful things that God has in store for us. His grace is so powerful that it not only makes us obedient, it makes us righteous, then it makes us obedient, and then it equips us. Amen, amen. He equips us with the armor of God. And we now become just like Nehemiah. Building what God called us to build. But not letting the enemy destroy anything. Because he's also equipped us for that. Amen. Amen? Amen. So, after that, let's read verse 18. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. And the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, The work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Amen. That's God in our lives, yo. We have been given the power to be obedient. And now God has equipped us, and he's given us the, the armor of God. And now we have the power to say yes. And then he says, man, I will fight with you. And I will fight for you. All you got to do is follow me. Amen. And all of us have done that here. And that's special. When a group can get together and say, man, I, I get his mercy and his grace over my life. And I see so much increase for this year. And the fact that God wants to just empower us and empower us and, and set people free. Set them free from religion. Set them free from bondage. That they have a, a life that, that is a life of condemnation and guilt. When God wants to give them a life of righteousness. A life of grace and, and, and love and connection with God and deep-rooted love with Him. And that's what God has called us to do. And I love what I'm about to read next in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. This is after they have, they've built the walls. They've all, they've sat down. They've enjoyed what God has done through them. And it says that the priest, before I read it, it says that the priest Ezra comes out. And he, he's a scribe and a priest. And he brings out the book of the law. And he begins to read it. And people begin to cry and, and to enjoy that God has delivered them. And then in verse 10, he says this. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. It's time for us as a church, as a people, to enjoy the presence of God. Amen. To enjoy what God has done for us. To enjoy that through grace we can be obedient. It's a joy to be obedient to God. You know, before, before when I, before when I understand like the gospel, I didn't understand the grace, 
the new covenant. I understand all these things that, that have been revealed, you know, humbly and thankfully by God. I always found myself trying to, to do stuff, trying to be obedient. And now what God has told us is, look, your nature is to be obedient to, to righteous living. Before it was like you were trying, but you couldn't. Now God says, look deep inside you. I have changed you. I have made you righteous. And now, like Paul said, you are a slave to righteousness. And now you can say yes and be obedient to God. And they enjoyed this time. And Nehemiah completed his task because God gave him a word. And he said yes. And he was obedient in every step of the way. And it's not like we're not going to mess up. Like we're going to be perfect in every aspect. No. But even then, the, the Bible says that God will make everything good for us. He will turn it into good. Amen? Amen. He wants, to, he wants to lead you that way. So don't look at obedience as something negative. But look at it as, as a privilege for you, as a child of God. God has given you the privilege to be obedient to Him. And God's not going to guide you into, into, you know, terror, into fear. He's going to guide you into love. He's going to guide you into light, into power, into more of his presence, into him. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray and thank God for his word. Worship team. Enjoy me.